You're listening to the Midwest Marketing Orange Hour Podcast with your host, Brett Matice. All right, this is a question I ask our video director, John, all the time. And it's just a puzzling question that I thought about one day when I was out in the woods walking around thinking with my thoughts. So are old people, are older individuals more wise or do we perceive them to be more wise because they are older than we are? You know, I've, I think I may have heard you say this before. It's a question I love to, th- to think about all the time. Yeah, you know, I think they are wise, but I think they're wise from their younger generations. Like, they have a lot of knowledge from the past that, like, younger generations today probably don't know anything about. And so I think they're wise because, like, just their knowledge base is older with them. But I don't think they're as smart when it comes to, like, newer technology because i think at some point people stop learning or stop wanting to learn yeah so i mean sure yeah i mean i think they're wise but in their own generations i agree i'd build on that saying like it's a they're wise from their experiences that they've had where it's a if they're not experienced or well versed in a topic then they're not just gonna be automatically wise yeah exactly um so yeah not to sound like narcissistic but it's like i'm sure in some instances i am more wise than a person who is 80 years old. Oh, yeah. But not in a lot of other instances. Exactly. And like, I know how to, you know, be on Facebook, but, you know, my grandma knows how to do the jitterbug, and I cannot true. do that. Very, very <laughs> true. Very, very true. So. Have you ever heard the story of narcissistic? Like, nar- well, the, nar- uh, like nar- the, the basis of narcissistic. Yeah, where he of, fell in love with his reflection in the mirror. Exactly. In the Greek yeah. mythology. Yeah, the yeah. Greek mythology. Mm-hmm. For those who aren't familiar, Narcissus was the basis of the guy name whose basis of narcissistic. And so Narcissus, who was obviously a pretty good-looking lad, or at least he thought he was, was walking around one day in the desert, and he found a, a reflecting, like a looking pond, where it was just like perfectly still, like the water was glass. So he looked in it, saw his own reflection, and he he just like was so in love with his reflection. Who's that like, tall drink yeah, of water? Exactly. And, and the rest is history. He he starved of thirst. Uh, do you starve of thirst? I don't know if you starve of thirst. Is you that get, where that expression comes from? When I, you're thirsty? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> but anyway, uh, today I'm joined by introduce yourself to everyone who doesn't know you. Hi, I'm Rachel Johnson, and I work here at Midwest Marketing. I'm the account coordinator. Cool. Rachel is fairly new. At the recording of this podcast, how long have you been here? Um, like four months? No. Yeah, like four months. Four months. So pretty much you're speaking to two unexperienced individuals where I've been here for almost a year and you've been here for about four months. Um, But we're going to kind of walk through what our experiences were um, the first couple months, the first year that you work in a marketing agency and kind of what you do and what you learn. So I guess let's start from the very basic, very beginning and go, where'd you go to school and what'd you go to school for? What was your major? Uh, yeah, my I went to the University of Nebraska at Kearney. So um, just just south of here, pretty much. Um, well, I guess southeast. And I majored in advertising and public relations with a minor in media production. And basically, I I don't know, it was kind of like yeah, I mean, it was it was fun. I, I learned a lot, but I, I'd say the real world is quite different from what oh, I learned in college. Very much so, very much so. So, when you went into as a freshman, you go you go to college. Did you go in and you're like, my major is marketing, and that's what I want to do? You were decided right away, or did was it like you took a class, majored something else, didn't like it, then decided to switch over? 
Um, yeah, that's actually, I, I never switched over because I pretty much didn't really know what I wanted to do. Okay, the undecided and, route. Well, I kind of knew, like I knew of like the communications department and how it's pretty much like a variety show over there. So, you know, I figured, okay, if I f- pick something in that department, I'll kind of be able to see like all the different aspects of like what I want to be doing. Um, so I was kind of torn between like advertising major and marketing major. Marketing is in the business department, so you're pretty much learning all business. And so I picked advertising because that has more you journalism had both? and yeah, we had really? both. Yeah, wow. what a diversified school <laughs> it was you a, went to. They were completely different too. Like marketing was more. Um, I mean, obviously, like the difference between marketing and advertising isn't like huge, but advertising is more like um, advertisement design and like. Um, kind of like the smaller aspects of it, like different types of advertising, like video, audio, and that kind of thing. And then like marketing is like the bigger plan. Like, how do you do it? How do you get the sales? Yada, yada. So I chose advertising to kind of learn more about the different styles and stuff like that. And um, yeah, and then here I am. I'm kind of doing it all. Yeah, for sure. So it's definitely, they overlap. The advertising marketing deal definitely overlaps and there's some nuance instances of both where you go through and it's like oh i'm learning this here but i'd also learn it here but then it also breaks off a little bit as well oh yeah so when you were in school what was your schooling like for example when i went to dakota wesleyan and mitchell lots of textbook like textbook heavy memorize the textbook read the chapter get it done was yours more hands-on or were you textbook as well um I would say 75% of mine was probably hands-on, but it wasn't anything that I'm doing. Like, I I learned most of what I'm doing today in this job from my internships. Um, What I did in school was more, like like I said earlier, it's kind of like a variety show. So I had, like, web design and coding, and uh, but I also learned web design through WordPress, and then I had, like, advertising design with, like, Photoshop and then InDesign and... Um, Illustrator, like the Adobe Cloud, and then I also had like audio, um, which is pretty much just like I had a radio show in college for a little bit. Yeah, so this is like like old hat to you right here, the radio show. Well, somehow I'm I'm more nervous on this thing than I was on my on my show, but um, (laughs) I would say so. I did audio, and then there was a lot. I did a lot of actual like video production with like big fancy um like i had like regular dslrs which were like just the little cameras and then i also did like just ipad videos and then i had like a big old canon xf 100 and uh sony x70 so i don't know it like that was really fun that was a lot of hands-on and then there was really boring classes too like copywriting which was all textbook and um like the history of advertising and stuff like that yeah absolutely I think before we continue to talk about the schools, we got to preface that we're not bashing the schools. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it's taught and it's been taught like that for a lot of years. Oh, yeah, yeah, um, definitely. But like you said, you touched on that, um, all that stuff, even though it was hands on and you learned it, it's very different than what you're doing now. And that's my thing, too, is anything I learned in school was not applicable to what I'm doing now. It's been a lot of on the job learning, yeah. um, which maybe school is is needs to update and get, you know rolling with the times and kind of get us more ready or maybe it's just you're not able to get students ready i don't know what that happy medium is um but i don't know it just feels outdated in a little way the the schooling and the marketing side of things you know what i'm saying yeah you know i i wouldn't considering i didn't know what i wanted to do as a career in college 
the whole variety show aspect of my education worked out really, really great. But I totally understand like like any business major that went to my school, they, they'll say the same thing like like it's just textbook and it's just once unless you get into that internship of what you really want to do, you won't learn exactly like the industry and stuff like that. So. Yeah, I think the biggest thing was you you heard the terms in school. You heard the terms. You heard things that are thrown around the jargon in the marketing yeah. world. But then you didn't get to build on those terms and like, what do those terms mean and what do they do for you in the real world? It was like, this is what this is. Vocab. This is the definition of it. <laughs> yep. Let's move on to the next word. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just think that part, maybe we need to emphasize a little more in school, just getting the real world application of it. Yeah, but exactly. Before we move on to agency life, um, let's talk about internships. I know you had a couple internships um, and how important you touched on a little bit, but uh, just how important those really truly are. Yeah. Um, to get you prepared for working in the real world, as they call it, that was in quotation marks as well. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I had I had three internships. They were all kind of little ones. None of them were like, like, t- you know, two year inter- internships or anything. But I had my first one. I worked as a remote video editor for Udacity Online Tech College, which is basically like I um, they would kind of put jobs out on this little feed, and us remote editors all across the country would pick them up edit whatever they needed edited. They would have like directions. Usually they were like lectures and stuff um, for the from the professors. And then we'd send them back and then they would pay us. And that was the whole thing. So I did that for about six months. And then um, I learned a lot of editing skills. And, and then some of the lectures taught me stuff too while I was editing, which was kind of funny. Oh, for sure. A little yeah, crossover. Yeah. My favorite one, the one I remember the most was this guy was walking through how to build a video game like with CGI and stuff like that and like how to make it really cool looking oh it was so fun but um hmm yeah then I had a USA communications internship which is like a telecommunications company and I worked with them it was just a paid internship outside of school same as the first one and that one was a lot of um like just you know, working on social media and they'd kind of throw obstacles at me like, hey, can you build a Roku app for us or something like that? So I'd just pretty much sit down, figure out how to do that. And then I would um, see, hey, I made it. And they're like, oh, cool, you can do that. Uh, Next project. And that was where I kind of dove more into like AdWords, like Google Ads, which is, it's called Google Ads now, but back then it was AdWords and um, Google Analytics and stuff like that. So I learned a lot from that. And then at the same time, I had a an internship kind of in my school with one of my professors, and that was for Digital Expressions Media Camp. You were camp. double interning. Very at impressive. At the same time. Okay. It was very stressful. <laughs> and I was planning, planning a wedding all at the same time. But um, yeah, Digital Expressions Media Camp is like a camp during the summer UNK put on for um, high school students that were interested in doing video, audio, and um, web design and stuff like that. And so I did like a radio advertisement. I kind of put one together and that went statewide to like all the cities in Nebraska and did like a TV commercial and kind of just like a built, I built a little campaign for them. And um, yeah, those were, I learned a lot from all of my internships, but yeah, and you were a very wide variety of things, like one end of the spectrum to the other in the marketing yeah. world between video editing and then putting together radio ads. So yeah, yeah, you're it's very crazy. wide spectrum. Um, obviously, my internship 
worked out extremely well for me um, and my benefit as I interned at Midwest. And I think the biggest thing with that was I was still unsure if marketing was my path, just because like you said, school seemed a little, I was like, is this really what it is? Um, and then I was like, got in the marketing agency and I was like, oh, I can do that. I like that. That's, that's fun. <laughs> yeah. um, that's fast paced. Um, so that was, I think the biggest thing with my internship was like how the business side of it actually works where when you get out of that classroom, it's like, okay, so this is how this truly looks in real life. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I mean, the main thing that I like applying to this job is like the little things that I've learned throughout my internships, like Facebook ads, you know, a little bit of video editing with the iPad or whatever, a little bit of Photoshop, um, slapping something together for social media or, you know, kind of the list goes on. I do a bunch of stuff. (laughs) So yeah, absolutely. um, Yeah. So breaking down into the agency what we really want to talk about these first couple months in agency life and what it's like um there's so many different jobs at an agency we're a set we're a very small agency with just seven of us and there's just like a ton of variety of roles if you're stuck in an elevator with someone and they say what do you do for some odd reason i don't know why they'd be talking to you in an elevator because that's like a People just don't un- talk to people exactly. in elevators. Exactly. Very that's uncomfortable crazy. situation. We don't even have an elevator here. True. <laughs> but if someone got you got stuck in that scenario, what would be your elevator pitch of what you do at Midwest Marketing? Um, I would say, um, let's see. Um, I'm in charge of like content creation and management of our clients' social media accounts as well as their website analytics, email blasts, digital ads, SEO research, promotional uh, and apparel product orders, and the occasional website maintenance. Yeah, for sure. So it's it's a lot of that content and in, in on the digital social side of things that you're working on, but it definitely is uh, wearing a lot of hats within that arena of work. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So the one thing that surprised me when I first started was uh, – how I was going, I was going along, going along first month. I was like, Hey, this is going good. And then after the second month, I was like, Oh my goodness, I'm doing totally completely different things. And then the third month I'm like, how am I even knowing how to do this? Yeah. It was like one day I just stopped and was like, Oh my gosh, I can't believe I'm actually doing this work. I had three months ago. I had no idea what this even was. Yeah. So let's break it down month by month. So like month one, what were your major outside of learning people's names what were the major things you were going through um well actually learning people's names was the easiest because there's only seven of us that's true that doesn't make it easy (laughs) um but i'd say like month one i was just learning i was pretty much kind of sitting and watching everyone here in the office like what they do and how they do it and kind of how i would be part of like helping them do their job because you know, before that, my job was kind of split up into six people. So um, pretty much just kind of, yeah, learning and occasionally helping to create content or something like that. Yeah, absolutely. I think uh, one thing for me, and I'm sure this definitely affected you big time, was uh, learning kind of the voice of each client. Oh gosh, that um, was so, yeah. Yeah, because you have some clients that are outrageous and mm-hmm. they, they can get away with some stuff. And then you have more buttoned up clients that are a little more straightforward and this is what we do and this is how we like to do it and kind of learning who's who and knowing where to post that on whatever if you're going on Facebook or or wherever is kind of learning that what clients like and if they don't like that then don't do that anymore 
Yeah, learning their tone was one of the hardest things. Just kind of like me, especially, you know, coming from Nebraska, I don't even know any of these businesses really until I really sat down and I did a lot of research. I'd go back years and years in content and say, okay, this is like a, a serious client. I shouldn't be posting anything goofy or silly on their page. And then on the opposite side, you know, like, oh, wow, they really like to make jokes and have fun here and they like m- memes and stuff like that. So, um, and then there's, you know, a few clients in between, too, that you can go either or. But, um, yeah, no, the tone, it's hard to read the tone when you're just coming in from the outside. And Yeah, and I agree what you said, me coming from Minnesota and then East River, having a little familiarity, but not a ton. Yeah. It's like you got to learn just the business itself, not just their tone. Like, what do these people sell? Oh, they <laughs> sell sandwiches. Okay, cool. Yeah. All right, I can get on board with that. All right, so that's month one. A lot of learning, a lot of just getting acclimated to the area of Rapid City and the Black Hills. Mm -hmm. Month two, big shift, I'm sure, into taking over more stuff. Yeah, um, month two was pretty much, it actually happened a lot faster than I thought it would. It was pretty much like, hey, like, make all this content. You know, this, this client gets three posts a week to their social media. This client gets two. And if you add that up, you know, that's a lot of posts every month that you kind of have to be creative and make sure it's perfect. And spelling and grammar is great. And like, it's still, the tone is appropriate for that client. So I was doing a lot of that. I started doing, um, you know, orders for if if a client needed business cards or just little things here and there and kind of eased me into, um, I still, you know, didn't have all the control of what I'm doing right now, but I definitely was eased into a lot of the things that doing right now so yeah absolutely so the one thing is when you take over those accounts and then kind of the content creation the social calendar so Mm -hmm. um for those unfamiliar um what you'll do is you'll print out say we're in the month of march or may or april whenever um you'll print out the month and then you'll kind of go through and say all right on monday the third we're gonna post this and then on tuesday the 16th we're gonna post that i don't know if that's the right order that i'm in but i'm (laughs) it would be at, at some month during the year um, but then when that burden kind of falls all on you, you're trying to come up with, yeah, you said if there's three posts a month, you're looking at 12, 15 posts in mm-hmm. a single month. It's like that becomes a huge, huge, like creative burden almost to c- continue to be creative with every single client. Yeah. And it's like, that's well, where it's, yeah, you're taking all this stuff and it's like, you don't want to just go out the gate and running really fast. And then you run out of ideas yeah. at the same time. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. No, I was like, oh, you know, this will be easy. That first month I knocked it out. I scheduled everything out, you know, like three posts a week for like 10 clients. That comes out to be a lot of posts, you know, for four weeks. But, um, yeah, no, once you lay it out and then the next month comes and they're like, all right, do it all again. But don't use the same stuff. Exactly. And it's like, all right. And, you know, at first it's fine and it gets a little harder. But, you know, um, now I... At first, I really didn't know how to really schedule how I'm doing. Um, I was doing it like week by week on all the posts. And I realized the best way to do it is to take a week and plan out the whole month for every client. And that way you can kind of like just double check, make sure everything is going to post on like certain days and like um, that everything's perfect instead of kind of not scrambling, but, you know, like kind of doing it somewhat last minute by doing yeah, it exactly. at the beginning of the week. So yeah, when it's Tuesday and you need to post the next day and it's yeah. like, I have nothing. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh, I guess I could uh, repost. No. Um, but yeah, no, it, it's it's gotten a lot easier since I kind of set myself up 
for success with scheduling out what I'm going to do on what days. Same thing with like um, Facebook advertisements. I also took that responsibility on like maybe month two, beginning of month three, um, where you just kind of like schedule this client does one post for $25, um, one post a month for 25 bucks. And then you kind of like you, I can make that ad way in advance and schedule it to start running at a certain date and end at a certain date. So that way I can kind of get my ducks in a row and make yeah, sure everything absolutely. goes right. Yeah, I think one thing that you touched on, which made me even think of it, is the organization I had from month one to month three, just the way I organized my computer and the way I organized, like you're saying, your social content calendars is completely different. It's like you found, you're doing it one way, and you're like, this is working good. And then you're like, oh, I should do it all month long. That would be, yep. that would be the way to go. Yeah. All right, so transitioning, month three, so last month, any other new stuff that you're taking on outside of month one and two that you just keep building on or maybe you had a little bit of it and now you've completely taken it over yeah actually i probably forgot to mention these i probably started earlier than i that i'm saying but around month three and month end of month two is when kind of the beginning and the end of each month is kind of when all the stuff is due which i'm sure is with most businesses like build uh, like you know Um, So I'll be doing like analytics for all of our clients for their websites and their website traffic. And, you know, if they have any new audiences, new bounce rates, um, which kind of means like, you know, how often people click on onto the website accidentally and then click away. That's a bounce. So kind of like monitoring general analytics just for their websites and um, based on their Facebook ads, how much traction that got and things like that. Um, I do all of those and make kind of reports for them and then um, I also do like the email blasts for some of our clients which is kind of like a bunch of ads meshed into a an email for all of their you know um, customers or future customers or you know someone who's bought their product in the past that signed up with an email so yeah so that's kind of what um, some other things I've taken on along with like big giant apparel orders someone needs some shirts uh, can put it in and make sure everything is perfect and the shirts they want and the sizes they want is uh, right and yeah and then from here you know here and there I still do some random stuff too but yeah absolutely well that sounds good we're going to take a little tiny little break and then we are going to come back and talk about the future of marketing Hey guys and gals, it's Brett Matice, the host of the Midwest Marketing Podcast. I need you to do me a favor really, really quick. I promise you it won't take long. However you're listening to this here podcast, go on to iTunes, Stitcher, maybe you're just on our website, whatever it is, go give us a five-star rating. See those stars? There's going to be five of them. Just go to the one furthest on the right-hand side, click that one. Maybe write a few quick nice words about us. Unless you don't like us very much, then don't write anything at all. Thanks a lot. I appreciate it. Let's get back to listening. Okay, switching gears a little bit from where we were talking about just your specific duties and what you do here at Midwest. Marketing in general, if you had to venture a guess, you're very much so on the digital end of things here at the agency. If you had to venture a guess, what's the big change? What's the next thing like that the digital frontier we have to conquer on the digital frontier? I know this one. Awesome. Um, So Google advertisements is a ever-changing machine that basically... um, it literally never stops changing. There's never, like, you probably are more familiar with, you know, if you search um, carrots in Google and, like, there's, you know, three 
search results that are first that have ad right next to them that says you know like carrot farm in south dakota or something i don't know i don't know if that exists but but okay (laughs) it's an example bad one but it's an example um but yeah so basically that is google advertisements um trying to get your product you can pay google to put your product number one on people's search results based on keywords they use in their searches and um that was poorly explained, explained, but that's the gist. And no, no, so no, everyone wants to be number one on that ad result. You know, how much do I have to? How much money do I have to put first to be, um, you know, number one? And obviously, it can be hard. It can be like, um, you know, if you're trying to, if you have an amusement park and you want to be number one, and someone types in amusement park, Disney World's probably going to beat you almost yeah, every time. True. And, you know, it does matter how much money you put forth, but it's also a lot of strategy, like tons of strategy. Like, you know, if if you're a puppy breeder and you don't put in any negative keywords, which means like you don't want people to search um, stupid puppies and find your page, um, you can put negative word stupid puppies and no one will see your page when they put that up there. So I don't know. It's very confusing, and it's something that should be conquered on our part. We should figure out the perfect algorithms and the perfect strategies to be able to advertise um, perfectly and successfully for all of our clients. So they get top clicks for their websites and their web pages, and everything looks great for yeah, them. Yeah, so, so as of <laughs> right now, for the most part, we are doing that very, very well. And a lot of marketing agencies around the country are are doing the AdWords thing very, very well. But like you said, ever changing all the time. So it's like something you have to reconquer every so often because it's like, oh, it changed. Well, they'll make updates all the time too. Google will make it, we'll try and, you know, they'll all of a sudden change the format of their Google advertisement um, kind of campaign platforms. So you'll have to kind of relearn how to be posting in certain, you know, areas in certain ways or they'll you know update um just different strategies that you'd have to i don't know yeah, adjust your learning <laughs> for sure so um you touched on it the adwords thing um you have to buy your adwords to to be on the top um on my understanding of it um is is very brief but uh you probably know a little more the style of it it's like an auction type of you you drop a bid can you talk more about that and let yeah. people know about that so um, Google has an algorithm where basically it learns when's, when the most popular times people are searching for certain um, things is and kind of like what and that goes for what times a day all the way to, you know, what times a year. Obviously, if you're selling Christmas trees, you won't get a lot of traction in the summertime. Um, just kind of like kind of learns so based on how popular whatever your website or whatever your company is selling Based on that time of year, if you're selling water skis in the winter, obviously it's going to be a little cheaper to be, um, your product will be easier to get to the top just because no one's really putting their money into their water ski yeah, advertisements. Absolutely. But um, yeah, so essentially you're going to drop your, your AdWords. So Christmas trees, for example, mm-hmm. you're going to make your bid, you're going to go into the auction per se yeah. um, and, and make your bid on words such as Christmas, Christmas tree, tree farm. And when people Google tree farm, boom, there you are at the top. The thing with the AdWords is I hear a lot of people skeptical about them. Um, For example, my parents, it's like they Google tree farm, Christmas tree farm. Mm -hmm. And the first three are ads. Well, they don't click on the ad. 
they scroll down to the one that doesn't say ad because they don't think that it's like relevant because it's like an advertisement. Yeah. Do you think there's any way Google can manipulate that to where people are actually not driven away from them because it says ad? Um, or is there any maybe thing in the future? And this is like just completely conjecture. It's yeah. a total guess on no, our No, I mean, okay, so a lot of that's crazy because a lot of companies, you know, they want to be number one and um, a lot of people will skip ads. But if you scroll down, a lot of the times there will be, you know, three ads and then there will be Google Maps based on like um, near you or um, top rating of whatever you search Christmas trees. And um, a lot of people will go off of that as well, just kind of like, hey, what's near me? What has the best rating? So um, I would say, and then after that, I think it goes um, based on your keyword search and how successful the website is and the description under the keywords and stuff like that. So um, have a good little description under the uh, keyword, uh, like with a bunch of keywords in it. And um, I think that people will click on advertisements if it is very related. You know, if you're looking at ticket sales, the first thing that pops up is like a ticket sales thing, then people are going to click on it. But I don't know. I don't know if there's a way for people to really avoid that altogether yeah for sure for sure i think another thing we were talking about the next frontier to conquer um one thing that stands out in my mind is the connected tv type of stuff that seems like people are just viewing their content very differently than they used to Mm -hmm. um with your tv you can my my remote for example i won a smart tv a couple months back which was amazing i can't even win at bingo (laughs) so to win a smart tv at like a raffle was amazing but uh i feel like a king because my remote has a netflix button like yeah. remotes have Netflix buttons and Hulu's buttons and Amazon Prime buttons. And your TV can just boom right to whatever you need. You can search the web. So people are viewing content in such different ways. Yeah. So to get your advertisements out in front of them, I think connected TV is another thing that we need to be looking at for mm-hmm. sure, and, and especially in the future. Um, but that's a whole rat hole that we could go down. Yeah, and then there's also, like, banner ads and stuff that also is through Google, where, you know, like, if you're just on a website, a little bar pops up at the bottom with an advertisement, that's a banner ad. Sometimes that gets a lot of um, bounce rate, but it is successful if you're just putting brand awareness out there and you want people to know your brand. There's those, but a lot of people do, you know, click on those, whether it's on accident or on purpose, they'll they'll see them. Yeah, absolutely. I'd say those are probably a little more accurate than just the... Well, they're probably about the same as just those top three Google searches that are advertisements. So. Yeah, for sure. So um, jumping headfirst into your first uh, real world job, real world again in quotation marks. I probably should have said this at the beginning of the whole podcast is that <laughs> the two of us talking here, Rachel is 23 and I'm 22. So we're fairly young. So this is our first real world experience. So we're speaking from we don't have we're not looking back on a long time ago. We're like living it right now. Um were there any things that surprised you, unexpected things about the job? Like when I came into the job, I knew that it was going to be a lot of learning right away. Um, but were there any things like for you that you're like, oh, I didn't know I was going to do that or I didn't know that was a part of this? Yeah. Um, you know, like it's day to day, you know, it's just like everything I do is kind of I have a schedule, but then there's always obstacles that are thrown at me. You know, I have to order something or I have to um, correct something in a in a post or like, you know, something that just kind of have to be very, very aware of what clients want day to day because, you know, I could be getting an email from anybody saying like, hey, can we try this instead? And then, you know, I'd have to kind of drop everything I got and fix and make it perfect on whatever they were 
asking me to do. And um, I thought it was going to be more eight to five, like schedule out my day, have everything kind of lined up and perfect and everything would go great. But it mean, in, in a good way, it's kind of kind of chaotic how yes. I how I work. Absolutely. So. And I don't mean to sound high on my horse here, but uh, uh, you hear a lot of people in the marketing industry say it's like marketing's not eight to five. Marketing's 24 seven. Oh, yeah. Um, especially with social media now mm-hmm. being such a big part of marketing is people will comment and uh, be nice and be rude and be everywhere in between at nine o'clock at night and three in the morning and you yeah. know right in the middle of the day it, does, it really doesn't matter anymore with the social media just making everybody so accessible to our companies oh yeah and you know they say if um if there's a negative review or comment or anything like that it's best to address it within that two hours that it's posted otherwise that um they're just gonna like keep that opinion but if you address it you know right away if you notice it if you say hey like um, we totally see your concern. Thank you for bringing it to our attention. They're more likely to either take out, take down their comment or review or um, post another review saying like, hey, I changed my mind or the issue will be resolved. And like the um, client can actually say like, hey, we resolved this issue. This was what was wrong. And thank you for bringing it to our attention. And that just kind of gives the reputation of all of our clients overall. Like it gives it five stars. Yeah, <laughs> so. absolutely. So. As we cruise down here um, to the college seniors, because right now, um, for example, I graduated early. So right now, all my friends are seniors in college right now at this moment. And they're doing the whole scramble to get a job thing because we're getting like at the time of this recording two months until we need to be seniors need to be in the real world. Um, I hate the term the real world, but I've used it about <laughs> four times in this real, podcast. You know, I don't know. It's not school. Exactly. So what do you call it? Yeah. I always tell my parents, I say, I miss the relaxation of school. Mm-hmm. It's like you don't have that time to relax yeah. when you're in, in the real world. There it is again. <laughs> so to our college seniors, if there's any college seniors listening, what is your big words of wisdom outside of the like, good job, you'll do your best, you'll find a job. What's your golden advice to our college seniors? I would say that, you know, it doesn't really matter what your major is. If you changed it a million times, if you're in school for eight years or whatever, um, if you decide you don't want to do what your major is or something that's a little different, um, I would just get an internship, get a recommendation from your professors, get like some hard, hardcore facts that you have experience in whatever field you want to go into and you're going to be a lot more likely to get a job because you'll have great, oh, don't burn any bridges with any employer, no matter what job it was. And um, just make sure that you're respected by your um, superiors, whether that's professors, bosses, managers, supervisors, um, get an internship or a recommendation and it'll go a long way. Yeah. From experience. Good (laughs) advice. Yeah. Internships, very important, very important for people coming out of college. Yeah. All right. I suppose as we wrap up, I suppose that's, that's I my suppose. mom and my grandma. It's always I suppose when you're talking on the That's phone. That's so funny. I suppose. Such a Minnesota thing. It's very Minnesotan. Um, I think my grandma says that too. She's yeah. in Minnesota. <laughs> so I suppose as we wrap up, do you have any last minute thoughts of anything that's on your mind? It doesn't even have to be marketing related. Anything that you just like to share with the world or it can be marketing related too. Um, You know, I mean like if I had to break down what I'd want to say to the world right now, mainly like college kids, I'd say like majors don't matter as much as like experience and willingness to learn your your field. And uh, yeah, like just study really hard and make sure that 
you're doing what you like. Don't settle just because you just if you want an eight to or nine to five job, don't just settle for like a bank position. If you, you know, want to be a writer or a journalist or something like there's different. And sometimes your field doesn't always have to be exactly what you thought it would be in order to like it. So absolutely. I agree. And you said uh, something I like the willingness to learn. Because um, especially in the marketing world, it's like when you get out of college, you don't know a darn thing um, yeah. as far as that goes. So being willing to learn and being willing to wear a lot of hats um, like you do in a marketing agency in any marketing job in general, in most jobs, just, you know, in a general sense of the term, you wear a lot of hats. It's like your job description is not your job description. It's like you're going to do different things and you're going to have to adapt to those different yeah. things. So being willing to learn all that different avenues uh, of stuff you're going to do in your job, no matter if it is marketing or management or parks and recreation or whatever field you're going to go into being willing to learn. Yeah. And yeah, I like that a lot. Yeah. And then like, don't, don't be afraid to start at the bottom because there's always a way to go up probably yeah. unless, you yeah, know, most of, most of the time there's a way to go up. So <laughs> that's awesome. Well, I have no last minute thoughts whatsoever. All I got to say is thanks for coming on. Thank um, you for having me. And thanks for tuning in guys.